Welcome back to There's a Hack for That. This is episode 35, Life Hack, Finding Abundance with Mr. Joe Buckner. Today, Eric and I are chatting with Joe Buckner. He is an entrepreneur, speaker, coach, ambassador, and mastermind leader out of the lovely Fort Collins, Colorado. He is a many times over entrepreneur, but currently his biggest project is the Beautifully Savage Boxing Gym, also in Fort Collins. This conversation really impacted Eric and I in ways that we were not expecting, but Joe just has such a way of speaking that really gets to the core of the mindset around abundance. And there was a really interesting video on his life story on his website that I hope you check out. You can find that website in the show notes. And we talk a lot about how his mindset of, quote, fighting solves everything is real. And it is exactly how he has become so successful in so many ways. We talk about his story of resilience, perseverance, surrender, and abundance. And I just know that something he says in the interview will impact you down to your soul and cause you to really take a moment and think about how you might be able to focus and practice some self-awareness to get closer to your ultimate abundance. Make sure to connect with Joe on Instagram, TikTok, and on his website. Follow the podcast, follow Erica and I, and please, please, please subscribe. Click subscribe so that all of our new episodes will just magically show up on the platform of your choice. And of course, if you love this episode, please rate and review it and let us know what you learned. Now here is our conversation with Joe Buckner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Joe Buckner. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. We are Honored to be here. so excited to have you. Um, I really enjoyed taking a deep dive into your social media and your online presence, and I'm so thrilled for our audience to get to hear you and your story and all the really cool things that you're up to. He is local Denver-ish. He's in, up in Fort Collins, so he's a Colorado guy too. Um, and we'd love for you to tell us your story. There is a video on your website that literally brought me to tears. It's very well done. Um, your story is unfortunately not an unusual story, but what you've done with your life is spectacular and really speaks to how um, your mindset really has put you on this path of wild abundance for yourself and other people. So make sure to go to his website and check out the video um, where he's featured by Huckberry and Lululemon. But would you please tell us your story, the nut, the nutshell version or whatever you'd like to share um, about how you got to do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, I'm Joe Buckner. I am 45 years old, born and raised here in Fort Collins, Colorado. I actually, my loft is two blocks from my grandparents' house. So like, I'm like as local as a local boy could ever be. Uh, the only time I was gone was the three years I was away in college. I played college football, came home. And like a lot of people, I started chasing after the ever elusive American dream. But, um, you know, as a poor kid from the North side, whose family was always 30 cents away from a quarter, I didn't even know where to begin so I started working jobs. My first summer out of college, I think I had four jobs, um, which obviously was not the path. And then um, 
started selling furniture. And during my time selling furniture, a gentleman presented me with my first opportunity be to become an entrepreneur, um, AKA a street pharmacist. And so I uh, started doing illicit things to make the money that I thought I deserved to have the life that I thought I deserved. Um, really, I was just taking the easy way out and looking for the easiest path to that, you know, house, white picket fence, two and a half kids and a golden retriever. And that ended like it does for everyone else. There's no retirement plan in that world other than dead or jail. And by the grace of God, I got the ladder and getting sent away changed my life forever. It was the first time I'd ever really been held accountable for my actions. You know, I was a five sport athlete in high school. I was one of those kids that was pretty celebrated. So I was always kind of spoiled and got my way. And as an adult man of 30 was the first time someone had ever really said, hey, your actions have consequences and now you're going to pay for them. So I had to do that. And I was away from my family. That was very challenging. And I decided in that moment that in this country that has a 75% recidivism rate, I was not going to be a statistic and I was never going back to that place. And I was going to do anything and everything I had to, to make sure that I didn't. So I came out, got two $7 an hour jobs, walked 14 miles a day, every day between those two jobs, because all I needed was an opportunity because I'd changed. I was a different animal when I came home and I knew that nothing was going to stop me from achieving whatever it is that I wanted. And that was in 2006. And now here we are 15 years later. Since then, I, you know, got out of the criminal justice system and then I became homeless and I fought my way out of homelessness to a year and a half later, become a six figure earner, one of the largest copier companies in the country. And then two years after that, I opened my first business, my first real business called Beautifully Savage Boxing in Old Town Fort Collins. And opening that gym has led me to the opportunity to do really cool things like this and talk with amazing people and turn my mess into my message. Yes, Erica says that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. So you've really been, you know, quote unquote, a hustler your whole life. And that can mean all kinds of things. And I think sometimes it has a negative connotation, but like you seem like the kind of person who once you got held accountable, you knew you were meant for more than what the world told you that was like out there for you. Yeah. I mean, once you get into that system, it's almost impossible to get out of. I mean, 75 of every 100 people go back within three years, right? They reoffend, they commit another crime. I don't think it's because people like committing crimes and going to jail. I personally believe that at a certain point, people just feel hopeless. It's hard to get a job that's worth anything. You can't even really rent a place to live. I mean, I was a nonviolent offender. My my crime had nothing to do with the driving, and yet they took my driver's license away for two years. So there's a lot of obstacles to prevent you from flourishing if you choose to let them. I was just not going to be that. I was going to walk, rain, sleet, or snow until I could afford a bike, and then I was going to ride a bike. And then when I could save up money, I was going to get a car, and that's the path that I took. So in terms of hustling, though, you know, when I look back even at the illicit things I was doing, I was just building a business. I had like 12 people that worked for me. I had inventory control. I had, you know, cash flow control. And in that world, they're actually a lot more dangerous if you're off on your account than, you know, running a bagel shop or something like that. But when I came home, as you talk about hustling, that was the part of my, my inner drive. My hustle was 
I would take a letter with me everywhere I went to apply for a job. And I'd say, here's what I did, because this is what you're going to see if you want a background check. I was never a violent criminal. Here's the skills that I learned when I was running that business that would make me valuable for your business. And I, I would get the job every time. I've been hustling. Yeah. And, and also that what you mentioned, your inner drive. So it kind of, to me, when I hear your story, it sounds like, you know, Joe, like you've just always kind of had this thing, a drive to be successful in whatever way is it necessary. And then at that, that pivotal point where you went to jail and it was like, okay, wake up call. I've got to do this a different way for people listening who maybe are in that point in their life where they're just like, ah, oh, hopeless. And like life is hard and there's obstacles. Is it, can you learn that? inner drive, can you cultivate that inner drive to just keep going and be like, well, you know, I want to be successful and keep going. Cause, cause you know, when, when I hear you speak, I'm like, you know, Joe's just, he's always had that ability to go forward and, and make it work. But is that something that we can cultivate? I, I want to lie to you and tell you, I've always been that person, but I wasn't, you know, I was an, an all state athlete in football track in high school. That was all talent. I was like the least hardworking kid on the team. I would just show up and be great three-year starter in college. Again, I would just show up and be great. Like I was always goofing off. I was never doing the work. Um, when I segued into sales after college, I just saw that as a way to help people. So I wasn't like studying sales or, but I was also a guy who lost two different jobs in his life because he was up all night playing Madden with his friends and just didn't want to go to work. So up to that point in my life, I just skated by on talent alone. The thing that created that flipped the switch for me was I had children at that point when I got in trouble. So I wasn't living for me anymore. You know, and I tell people all the time, if it would have just been me, who knows, I might still be that person. But when I got in trouble and I had to call them and tell them I wasn't going to be home for potentially five years, everything in my life changed because I was fighting for someone else, not just for myself. And what I've found in my personal journey is when I'm doing things for Joe Buckner, is when I tend to make selfish decisions, when I tend to make decisions that are not in the best interest of the greater good, but when I'm doing it for my family, for my legacy, for all the people that ever believed in me, I can get up and walk 100 miles if I have to. I walk till the soles of my shoes have holes in them. I can do anything as long as I am motivated to make the people who love me and believed in me proud. So I do want to lie to you and say I've always had this, but I haven't. I skated by on talent most of my life. I was 30 when that happened. I'm 45 now, so I got a lot of making up to do. I got chills when you just said that because I love the way the universe works, but it's like I know that that's a message I for sure needed today, so thank you for sharing that. But it's yeah. true when you when you expand your vision beyond, you know, it's so easy, especially now with the way the world is, right? Like I spend a lot of time by myself because of the pandemic and not being able to like be a social. So it can be so easy to get that, like, just see what's right in front of you and, oh, the business isn't working. And I tried this and it failed, but you're right. When you shift away from what's not working for me toward, I just want to serve people and share whatever talent or assistance I can give to the world. And it doesn't matter <laughs> what it, what it all looks like, but it's just, like, just keep going. So that's, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. The whole idea of accountability is something that I think isn't really talked about enough. I know I I hear it a lot in like the fitness world, accountability partners or workout partners. Um, I've heard it a lot in the recovery world. Um, I was in Al-Anon for a number of years. 
Um, but I think it's important to find that accountability in like your purpose of helping other people. Like there's an accountability when you start engaging other people in projects or uh, I even just ideas. So I, and that's really how we spread abundance, right? You talk about abundance a lot on your social I do. media. Yeah, I, do. Um, yeah. I love it. And you, you frame it in such beautiful words and it's, Always the same message, but the way that you make it really relatable is something that I really connected with. Um, so most of your ventures seem to be centered around meeting people where they are so that you can yeah. create that kind of accountability and help them see what's possible. And you have a lot of projects. So can we talk about your um, boxing gym first? Because yeah. that seems to be like a real um, place of healing for you and a lot of other people. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do there? Yeah. The name of my studio is called Beautifully Savage. And I opened it in June of 2016. I helped open another boxing fitness concept here in town in 2013. I've been boxing since the age of six. And the gentleman that opened that one was just looking for some people in the community to help. He's not from here. And some of the other boxers that I know, these were competitive guys, high-level boxers. At the time, you remember, this is 2013, group fitness was still pretty much just CrossFit and yoga. And both of these guys said, no, that's, that's fluffy boxing. That's not boxing. I'm not going to help. I feel like even when I, I, I talked about this earlier, even when I was doing wrong, I understood business. So when I walked into my first boxing fitness class summer 2013 and saw you know attorneys dental hygienists like and the space was beautiful and it didn't stink like sweat and spit and you know because those are the places i grew up in boxing i thought you know this might have some legs this is kind of cool um and then i started helping and i just asked if i could help in exchange for a free membership so i could have access so i could see right i just wanted to be around it and see and I had a job, so, you know, I didn't really need the money. And But what I also saw was I saw a disconnect in fitness, and I thought everyone was telling the same story. And this is just my personal viewpoint, so, you know, I'm not trying to say this is fact. This is how I see it. The messaging in fitness goes something like, hey, you're not good enough, so we're going to help you lose 10 pounds or 30 pounds or this, that, or the other. And I just thought... What if I created a space that said, gosh, you're a badass. Let us remind you of that because you might have forgotten. And how we're going to remind you is I was starting to speak a lot. And I'd done a TEDx at the University of Northern Colorado. And so people were pushing me in that direction. And I just, at the time, I felt that speaking was a little bit self-serving. And it might have just been the people I got to be around. I never wanted it to be like, look at me, look at me. So I said, well, what if I put on a microphone put on the coolest hip hop music, put people through what's one of the toughest full body workouts in boxing. But I can say the same thing into that mic, but now I get to see you four or five days a week instead of once for 15 to minutes to an hour. And I can really impact your life. More importantly, I can share my journey and maybe you'll find something in your life that's worth fighting for, like the things that I've had to fight for. So I never intended to open a gym that boxing studio is just my vehicle to touch people's lives and hold up a mirror and go, hey, I don't know what happened in the last 35 years of your life that made you forget, but let me remind you how wonderful and incredible and amazing you are. And I'm going to remind you every day. 
And sometimes it's a subtle touch. It's me walking up to someone that's been working hard for six months and going, I turn off my mic and I say, you should take some before and after pictures. You should get a, a before picture and then take a picture of yourself tomorrow, just for yourself, not for the world to see, just for yourself. And to see those people come beaming the next day, like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice. And I'm like, I noticed. I don't need to make a big spectacle out of this and use you as a testimonial. I noticed in this little moment between me and you, I noticed. It's me seeing someone in the corner struggling and saying, hey, um, I don't know what's going on, but do me a favor. For the next two minutes, forget everything that's going on in this class and just punch that bag with everything you have because I don't know what you're dealing with. And then they're crying tears and then they send me a message later that says, you know, my dad died yesterday and I just had to come to this space because this is my safe space, you know? So everything that I wanted to do in this space had nothing to do with fitness. I just needed to be close to people so I could touch their life, so I could share with them. Like, I've been to the bottom. I've been in the dirt. And if I can come out of that, you can too. No matter what obstacles come, no matter what your fight is, we'll help you fight through it. So that's how the gym came about. And it's been a catalyst for so many great things. My three-year partnership with Lululemon, you know, the Huckberry thing. I mean, I've got to travel all over the country and do really cool stuff because I borrowed $15,000 from my best friend and took a chance on myself. I left a $100,000 a year job to open that gym. Hindsight, I would not have left the job. I would have kept the job and still <laughs> opened the gym. <laughs> but, but sometimes you just have to like burn the boats and bet on yourself, right? And so that's what I did. That's how I got Beautifully Savage. Burn the bolts and bet on yourself. That's a quote if I ever heard one. Right? Come on, man. <laughs> writing it down. Writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like Cor- it's like Cortez. You remember? Do you know that story of Cortez and the conquistadors? So, you know, he wasn't the first person from Spain to go try and conquer the Aztecs. You know, they would go. But what the Aztecs would do is in the middle of the night, they would start chanting and yelling and beating these drums right and everyone that had come before them had gotten scared in the middle of the night and got back on their boats and left so when cortez heard this and he saw his lieutenants and people getting scared he ordered them to go burn the boats and basically this the his what he's saying is you're gonna fight and win or you're gonna die but we're not running away Mm, so sometimes you just gotta burn the boats man kind of go for it i love your um experience where you like immersed yourself in what excited you and you were curious about how the other business worked. Um, That's one of the things I've done in my consulting business is all the businesses that I was curious how they worked. I just went and worked there. Sometimes I volunteered. So that's, that's quite a hack there, sir. Um, We'll definitely include that in the list. Immerse yourself in what excites you and what you're curious about, because there's no better way to learn how it works. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. And you took what you learned and said, okay, here's the hole. This is what I want to do. And created like a real motivating, totally different idea of fitness. And that's, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And maybe a little bit also going into it without being attached to any specific outcome, right? Because I know the way my brain works is like, oh, I have to go do this thing and I have to like figure something out and be successful. But instead you were just more like, oh, I just want, I want access to this so I can learn and gather some information. But you weren't, you didn't have like, you're like, well, this is what it has to look like when I'm done working here or whatever. So it's like just going in yeah. um, with that curiosity 
that excitement of being around something you love and then also being like, you know, if I do this and I don't have a grand idea, great, but maybe I will and all of it's yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to be close to it. You know, I, I, I got to ask a lot of questions. When I found out what it took to open one of those franchises, I knew I, at the time I was like, I'll never have that money. So opening a business was not a part of the plan. I just thought it was so rad and I, I love boxing and I just wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, but again, as you go along, you realize like, oh, this is, this is just a business to this person. I remember I asked the guy, why did you open this? And in my mind, I'm thinking he's going to say, I love boxing. Or he's like me. I've been boxing since I was six. My uncle, who's my hero, taught me how to box. And I remember his response. He said, well, my brother and I wanted to open a franchise of some sort. And we did some research and saw that the fitness industry is supposed to grow by 12% over the next five years. And we wanted to be a part of that. And we realized that this is a fitness franchise that didn't exist here. So we opened one. And I just remember thinking... Huh? <laughs> but it showed. It showed in the people that they hired, right? They didn't hire people that loved boxing and had a passion for the sport and what it could do. They hired people that needed jobs. You know, I can tell you that in the four and a half years we've been open, I've never recruited a coach before I found a girl on Instagram that I saw in a video for another gym. Every other one organically just showed up at our door because. I was in alignment. I was going where I was supposed to go and I was putting out the energy that I wanted from this space and people were finding their way to us. And that's how we ended up with coaches who have boxing backgrounds. They're actual personal trainers. Like we have the best of the best and it doesn't have anything to do with an Indeed ad. It has to do with the fact that people see what we're doing, whether it's on Instagram or they hear about it and they say, I want to be a part of that. And so, um, yeah, being immersed in that in the beginning it was just about getting to, to see something different and new and, like you said, not attaching any outcome to it. I think a lot of people are always like, everything's transactional, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go out to this lunch with this person so I can ask them to invest in my idea or, you know, whatever. Try to get an interview with this other person. And I'm like, hey, man, I just think it would be really cool if you and I had some coffee sometime. I just don't know much about you and I think it would be cool to learn, you know? So, Yeah. I love that, that like detachment. You know, it's one of Deepak Chopra's spiritual laws of success, the law of mm, detachment. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, going into more of your abundance, you have other projects. Yeah. You're wearing a hat. Would you like to so, tell us about yeah. your hat? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a lifelong love affair with sneakers, with clothes. And back in 2000, like, 11, 10, 11, I actually wanted to open a sneaker shop. They don't exist in Northern Colorado. And gosh, I just, I didn't think I could access the money. Now I know I can get anything I want if I ask for it. But back then I didn't think I could access it. So I put it off. And this year, I have to be really honest. I just started winning at such a high clip that I just, I realized Gosh, whatever I say is going to happen, it's going to happen. And I actually had a friend who wanted to invest in opening more boxing gyms. And COVID, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. So in my head, I thought, God, that would be a bad idea. (laughs) But we could probably pull it off if we open them like Wyoming, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota. Uh, I, I said, what if we open a sneaker 
shop. And we focus again on a whole. So we're not going to sell Nikes and Adidas because you can buy those anywhere. What if we focus on small batch sneakers, 250 pairs or less from brands that people might not know. So we're going to have to educate a little bit and we offer them as pop-up shops and invite only shopping events. And we take a really cool trailer and we customize it and turn it into a mobile experience. And he, I remember he just says, man, what a great idea that is. I said, and moreover, I don't want to be tied into a lease because if all this keeps going to crap, we're going to be on the hook for that. And I'm not into that. But if all this goes to crap, we sell the truck, we sell the trailer, we sell all our inventory and we just go back to business as usual. So uh, we started a mobile sneaker experience called Good Trouble Shop. And that statement comes from one of my heroes, John Lewis. You know, when I was a kid, I think I tell people this all the time, you know, I was a again and not to edify myself, just sharing my story was a very celebrated athlete. So I think when people would come over to my house, they thought they would see pictures of athletes. But really, there was like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr. Like these were my heroes, John Lewis, you know, like Huey Newton, people that were willing to sacrifice everything so that someone else could have a better life. People that were willing to plant trees they were never going to see. These were my heroes. So John Lewis's quote about good trouble being necessary trouble really resonated with me. And so then when he passed, I just thought, man, what a cool way to honor such a legend and a warrior. Because without John Lewis, I don't even get to have this conversation, you know, Um, especially not with y'all. If you think about it, like without a John Lewis, we don't get to have this conversation. Um, And so I called it good trouble. But again, just like Beautifully Savage, there's always a dual meaning. It's also kind of good trouble to spend 120 bucks on a pair of sneakers because they like you feel a little bit like guilty. But then when you show up and everyone's like, oh, those are fresh. You're like, ah, it was worth it. It was worth it. Right. So shopping is good trouble. And I love shopping. And I so I just wanted to create a too. different shopping experience. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally understand that sentiment of what you wanted to do there. And it really sounds like you're an innovator. You've, we've talked yeah. about finding the whole, finding the purpose, finding the abundance in the spaces where the messaging is pretty negative in a lot of ways. Fitness, fashion, um, yeah. fashion's not inclusive. Um, it doesn't have good vibes. It's not sending messages of abundance and purpose. Um, but you have found a way to capture something that you love and innovate it into something that um, brings about change. I think that's really yeah. special. And I'm even changing that business. You know, truth be told, um, COVID has been a, a challenge in some ways, but it's actually been such a blessing. Uh, and I don't know how y'all feel about this, but like to be able to spend so much time alone thinking and analyzing, like, why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Do I really want to sell $220 sneakers or do I want to find a bunch of brands that sell $50 to $60 sneakers and make them accessible to everyone? Because in 2013, Joe Buckner was homeless before he started that other job. So eight years ago, Joe Buckner couldn't have afforded a single sneaker that's in his shop. So do I want to be true to who I actually am and find something that's more affordable and now give access to fresh apparel and kicks to more people? that's really the direction that I'm going to go now. So it's been really cool. I even took that with my gym. You know, I said in 2013, 14, I wouldn't have been able to even afford to go to my own gym. 
So I created a sliding scale membership. So nobody that wants to come to my gym ever has to be turned away. Nobody. I don't care what they say their budget is. I'm going to make it work and I'm going to love on them and support them if they want to be there. Right. So innovation is something that I would say is one of my strengths. Now, the X's and O's, eh, not so much, not so much. But the idea, ideation, I'm there all day. You know, my friend says, uh, you probably come up with a $1 million idea every week. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? But like, then what? I'm the same way. So, I have a whiteboard in my kitchen right now that's just full of random oh, thoughts. <laughs> there's mine back there. Yeah, I saw it when it's we got mess. on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. But, you know, abundance, fun, abundance is not supposed to be uh, limited to certain people and certain wealth uh, levels. Like, but abundance is meant to be accessible. I think that's yeah. really lost in business, too. And business is not static. Like, uh, Eric and I have been friends for over, a little over the year, and we've been through so many iterations of our businesses and our friendship. Yeah, and this cool. podcast is, has been birthed from that curiosity. <laughs> But it's just, I love that you're, you always keep abundance accessible in whatever you're doing. Yeah. It sounds like that's just kind of who you are, who you've arrived to be. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you want to talk about a hack, like, I think the thing that really, again, flipped the switch in this area for me was realizing, like, my abundance doesn't have to look like someone else's abundance. You know, I have friends that I mean, God bless them. They've got hundreds of millions of dollars. I do not have that. And so a lot of days it was saying my abundance is the fact that I have a warm place to sleep. I live in Old Town. I can look out my window and see homeless people every day. My abundance is saying, you know, I have a car that is reliable and could get me and my little girl where we need to go. And I'm not worried about it breaking down or or being... Um, repossessed in the middle of the night, like my old life, you know, my abundance is getting to open the fridge and knowing there's food in there and not having to worry about where my food is going to come from. Sometimes my abundance is just like, gosh, you created a life where all your bills are paid and they're on time and you don't actually have to worry about that. And so I used to try to compare abundance to other people's. Well, if I don't have a hundred million dollars or I don't have this or that, Gosh, I'm just failing at life. And once I was like, this is just about me. Yes, I look out for the people, but this journey is about me. So if my abundance is simply being able to say today, I can walk to that fridge and make whatever I want for dinner, and I don't have to worry about that, I can go. I'm going to share this with you, okay? 2014, I was working. I started to hit my stride selling copiers, okay? And I got really good. And then from that point on, I started to really knock it down. But at the end of 2014, I really started to hit my stride and I started to get like those good commission checks, right? $11,000 for a month, $15,000 for a month. And my boss sat me down and he says, and I'm going to share this with you just to give you context of where that abundance, my new abundance mindset came from. He said, what is your financial goal for next year, Buckner? I said, oh, I want to make six figures. He said, that's a terrible answer. <laughs> I said, no, no, that's what I want to do. He said, okay. Is it 100,000 or 900,000? Those are both six figures, but they're very different. I said, well, uh, I said, can I be honest? He said, sure. Now, mind you, I worked in a business-to-business -business commission sales environment, so I was trying to be like everyone else. He just got a Lexus. He just got a Rolex. I was trying to be like everyone else, and it was just he and I in there. I said, you know my only goal right now, Greg? 
I said, I just want to be able to go to the gas station, put the pump in the tank, and stare off into the sunset like so many other people do. I said, because there's days I pay for gas with change that I scrounge up from my house because I'm still trying to figure this thing out. I said, if I can do that, I'm going to feel really good about myself. And for a long time, I didn't want to go to gas stations. But now I go to the gas station and I put the pump in and I just stare off in the sunset. I get in the car and I look at my email or something and I smile and go, wow, gosh, I'm getting emotional talking about this. But I'm like, wow, that's cool that you did that, you know, Um, and then it just grew from there. But it started with that, like me just celebrating that little tiny win of like, gosh, I can put gas in my car and I'll have to stop it when it hits two dollars and thirty eight cents. Right. So I, I talk about abundance all the time, but I really want people to understand like their abundance doesn't have to look like a loft in old town. It could just be paying a month's worth of bills on time one time for the first time. So, yeah. Yeah. I talk about abundance a lot. I love it because also something that I've been reflecting on a lot is right now I'm in this place where I'm kind of reimagining and trying to get a clear vision on like, okay, I've accomplished some things I wanted, but like what's next? And just like you in that moment, I'm just kind of like, I don't really know exactly what's going to be next. But for me, the abundance comes from one, knowing that this state of kind of like being in this blurry, like funk or whatever it is, one, knowing that it'll pass. And I'm like, the universe is abundant and will provide for me what I need when I need it. And I'm just trusting that as I go forward. So I, I, I like the way you put it too. It's like, this, my abundance, like I look at what what coaches online, what their success looks like. It gets you get lost and being like, well, I have to make like this much money each month. And I'm like, well, what if I just shifted that and it's like, I want to be abundant, know that the answers will come when they need to, and I want to serve as many people as possible. And then knowing that that alignment will take me where I need to go. But you're right, it's like you, we we have to stop getting. I don't like telling people what to do, but we have to stop getting caught up in other people's dreams and other people's lives and other people's success. Cause what's your success is that's what matters. But like, how do you define success? Basically, yeah. it's like what we need to reflect on. Amen. I think, uh, I've had one of those days where that's, I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, it's all falling apart. <laughs> one of, but I mean, as an entrepreneur and <laughs> as an entrepreneur in COVID, it's like, I just, I really, I had to meditate for a long time this morning and just be like, okay, Give us this day our daily bread. I just need the, today's <laughs> bread, today's manna. I will be tomorrow's manna's for tomorrow. I'm making Bible references, y'all. Give me just give me a minute for I'm some Jesus. Yeah. But <laughs> like sometimes you just can only look at what's in front of you. And I a hundred percent have had that experience paying for gas and change, or just deciding to not go to meetings because I have no gas in my car, or my car being repossessed at my minimum wage job in my 30s. Like I I'm getting like I'm really keeping it together y'all, but like I'm very like connected to what you're saying and um I guess I also needed this conversation today because it's a good reminder that um we're constantly growing and changing and sometimes that gratitude is all the accountability you need to remember how far you've come. And yeah. that's that gratitude for me is holding myself accountable to realize what I have and what I've come from. Um, and this 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 conversation could not have been any more well timed. And I know there will be 
listeners listening to this that save it and download it and come back to it and seek you out um, oh, for man. all the things that you do and say online. Like, I actually favorited your profile so I could be like, yep, every time he posts, <laughs> I need to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Did, did you comment? I'm going to. Well, I'm on. I'm actually on my 30. <laughs> I'm on my 30 day um, social media uh, detox. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, yeah. But I did some scrolling. I'm still posting for the podcast. So I did some scrolling on the podcast. Um, yeah, but yeah. I saw it. I was like, I'm coming back. Come back when my 30 days is up. <laughs> I just did that. And I didn't even want to come back. I saw you. This is my first time to ever do it. I've never done it. I've run yeah. businesses online. And it has been a wild ride of just how many? Nine days. <laughs> it's yeah. It's been wild. Um, so do you have any other hacks? mindset, finance, habits, routines, um, for anyone who is curious about taking this step to become their own boss, um, they just have this like feeling that like there's something more and it's time for them to, to try something different. You know, in regards to becoming your own boss, the only hack that I would really have is what we talked about a little bit earlier is to get yourself around people that are doing the thing that you want to do and just try to become a sponge. So, you know, I my phone is close to me and quiet as it's kept, I just went back to work full time. You know, COVID had my gym down 30% last year. And while it's still open, grace of God, it wasn't the same. And then the sneaker shop started off really great. And then in December, every event we had got COVID canceled. So I was starting to worry a little bit because I still have that like agita inside of me of like, I'm going to be homeless again. I'm going to like not have somewhere to sleep. And I started looking for a job and I found a job. So this is going to go into the hack. I got a job doing business development for a general contractor who said, I've been following you online for about five years. The reason I think you're going to be great for my company is this. And he pointed to my cell phone. He said, I bet that thing's worth about $2 million. I said, even with the cracked screen? He said, even with the cracked screen. My network is going to bleed into my net worth someday. But more importantly, I've surrounded myself by people who speak of me when opportunities come up. So my life hack would be to constantly and aggressively audit who you are giving your time and attention to because attention happens to be currency. That's why it's called paying attention, right? So am I giving my attention to Instagram or Bridgerton or LeBron James, or am I giving it to, you know, one of my mentors who happens to own the largest emerald mine in the world and doesn't talk much to anybody, but talks to me. So we're going to have coffee and a cookie. That hour is going to do more for me than watching the Duke. I've watched every episode of Bridgerton. I'm not going to. Pretend, oh, I just finished it. You know, I, know, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I watched it with some of my friends. But, um, but I'm saying like the hack would be to constantly and aggressively audit where your time and attention is going and the people that are around you, because we're going to be like the people that we are. I, I wish to say like any one of us is so powerful. We're going to influence the group, but more often the group is going to influence us. You know, that's what Nipsey Hussle said. If you hang around with four broke people, you'll be the fifth. And nothing wrong with being broke. I've been broke and I was still a great person. But I got to tell you, knowing that all my bills are paid and my life is cool, 
feels a lot better when I lay down to go to sleep at night than trying to figure out how I'm going to call my landlord and explain why I'm late on the rent again and hope this isn't the month that he decides I don't get to live here anymore. So, you know, what Zig Ziglar say, money's not everything, but it's up there with oxygen, man. It's a tool. And Amen. it's a resource. And so is time. I love how you just made the real clear picture that paying attention is you yeah. spending time on things. Um, time is a resource. And we we take time. We don't make time. So it's, it, is a, it is a finite resource. When you're dead, you're dead. That's, yeah. that's the end yeah. of your time, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And I've, yeah. I've been getting a lot of messages from the universe and from spirit about that specific thing in my social media time off. It's like all of a sudden I'm literally taking an hour a day to just think. And that's been a really valuable way to spend, quote unquote, my time. So I think yeah. that's that's going in the hacks because that's huge. And that's something that not not enough people talk about. Certainly, and I'm a business coach in my business coaching space. It's all about money and processes. And I spend a lot of time on mindset and time um, because money is both of those things. So I love that that's, yeah. that's a real clear um, message of yours. Yeah, thank you. And like... You know, a real world example is I have a friend who um, has a new friend who will hang out with her till 4.30 in the morning mm. on days when she has to work at 7.30 the next day. And so I just asked the question, I said, do you think that person is actually a good friend? Because they're not honoring the fact that you have to work 10 hours tomorrow. Your job is important to you. You just got a raise. You're a professional. Anybody that would keep you awake till 4.30 in the morning is not a good friend to you. They're being extremely selfish and not actually being considerate of your time and your life and your health. So you need to audit that. And a lot of times people don't want to hear that, but it's the truth, right? It's even something as simple as that because in the moment, because we've all probably done it at some point or another, we're just, we're having fun and we're in great conversation and, you know, whether they're drinking beer or wine or whatever people do, we're caught up in that moment not thinking like, gosh, if I actually cared about myself and this person, I would go home because we both probably have to work tomorrow. So we always have to constantly, aggressively audit. That's how I ended up going back to work. I sat down and I said, okay, Joe, let's audit your time for the next 30 days. So I teach class. Today's a good example. I taught class 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in my gym, so I have to be there at 4.30. I'll teach again tonight from 5 to 6.30. I do all the emails, I answer the phone calls, I do all the beautiful, I mean, the good trouble, email blast, text marketing. I was usually done working at 10 o'clock in the morning. So my brain says, okay, you have a 24-year sales background that could provide some financial relief. You should probably go back to work. And you have a gym that you know, runs itself at this point. So, But I had to be real and audit where I was spending my time. That's how I watched Bridgerton because I was like, gosh, I, I watched that whole thing in like four days. This is insane, right? <laughs> so that really Bridgerton, thank God for Bridgerton. It helped me go back to work, right? So um, You never know what the hack. vehicle's going to be, but just pay yeah. attention. It'll get you there. <laughs> yeah, that would be my hack though. And I get it. It's hard. You know, some of these people are our friends. We've had since the third grade, the 10th grade, and they're well-meaning 
but like if they're not going where you're going at a certain point like i i have this weird feel like everything has a shelf life you know there's only certain things that are for life and those are one or two real friendships maybe you fall in love if that's where your where your journey is but most everything else has a shelf life and that's okay you know that's very okay to let those things go so we can go to where we're trying to go next. Yeah, because sometimes we need certain things at certain times, but if you're continuously evolving and growing, that at some point you might outgrow someone. And if and I've found that for me and other people around me, like when there's when it feels hard to let someone go in your life, usually that's a reflection of something that's going on inside. So it's like, why is it so hard to let this go? Mm. What am I making this mean about me? Right? Because we feel like, oh, I'm going to be a bad person if I stop hanging out with them or I don't or I say no to hanging out. But it's like when you're so fiercely aligned with who you are, what you want and what makes you feel good, you're not going to let someone else get in the way of that. That's how for me, this became easier when I really clearly defined my core values, which one is health. And mm-hmm. I want to feel the best I can in every moment. So that's when the late night stopped for me because I was like, OK, I, like you know, going out and like staying up till like 3 a.m., and then I lose a whole day and I feel like crap and I don't, you know, I don't get stuff done or whatever. And so when I realigned and did that audit of like, okay, I want to be clear-minded, energetic, happy, whatever in each moment. And that means that I'm getting my butt in bed at 9 p.m. And I don't care who's knocking on the door to hang out, like whether it's a very handsome man or, you know, a long-time <laughs> friend. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter. It's like, no, I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> so yeah. I, I also love that hack. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So we are coming to the end of our time and we cannot finish up without asking you what we ask all of our guests. And that is, what is your all-time favorite life hack? It doesn't even have to have anything to do with what we've talked about. Do you have something that you just rely on to help you get get things done? Or it could be anything. My all-time favorite life hack... Wow, what a good question, because I feel like my whole life I'm like hacking things constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I got to be honest, mine has to do with travel. I love to travel, and those Lululemon people spoiled me a lot for three (laughs) years, and I got to travel a lot, so I just didn't want to stop. So one of the things that I've, I've been doing is constantly, like I go on Skyscanner, and I just look. And if I see that there's tickets to New Orleans, I just pick any day. I don't care about the day. Any time is the what I pick, and I'll pick a place. And if the tickets are to New Orleans for $60, I'm going to New Orleans, right? So traveling is another one of those things that when I was younger, I thought you had to be like really wealthy to travel and do things and go places. Um, then I realized you can you know, buy a round-trip ticket to Miami for $67 if you do it the right way. And go see some really cool places. So I'd say that's my travel hack is constantly researching and searching on different various sites to find, you know, cheap flights. And I Airbnb pretty much everything so that I can cook in my own room and save money on food. Because when it's all said and done, all you see is the Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know that I had cereal three days in a row when I was on South <laughs> Beach. <laughs> I, I didn't. I love but. that. I, I think travel alone is a life hack. Like that's really the only way you can get a perspective of outside of your own world. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can also so dope that you said that 
because the other hack is like we talked about earlier is being around people and things you can't aspire to something you've never seen so when i first opened my gym i spent money i didn't have traveling to new york city twice santa monica chicago because i wanted to go to the best of the best fitness markets and I would go to the Soul Cycles, the Rumble Boxings, the like Barry's Boot Camps, all these places, and I would just learn. And I also realized that like if I went to work out because I owned a gym, then like I was on business. So there was another hack. But that I guess that would probably be my life's biggest hack. Thank you for jogging that in me. It's like if I want to learn something, I get around people that do it because I have a belief. I heard this when I was 14. If you see somebody who has what you want, if you do what they do, you'll have what they have, all things being equal. So that would be my hack. Get around people who are doing the things you want to do and living the way you want to live. And if you follow the blueprint, because success leaves clues, you'll probably end up somewhere near them, all things being equal. Yeah. Yay. Amen to that. And just to plug something that I just keep talking about is when you do a when you go see those things that you aspire to, no one's done it the way you would do it. And representation matters. Hey. So even if the person you're studying or the place you're going isn't somewhere you'd want to live or they don't aren't a person who looks like you or has your background, you still doing it, doing the thing that you're interested in matters. And you are a Preach. perfect lovely, wonderful human example of that exact sentiment. So thank you <laughs> so much for being with us today. Where can the people find you on the internet? We've talked about Instagram. Can you tell us your handles? Yeah, my Instagram handle is at Mr. Joe Buckner. I spend 99% of my time on TikTok now at Joe Buckner. I spend tons of time on TikTok. I really enjoy that platform and the organic growth that it gives. And those are my two things. I used to have a Facebook page until there was like this thing that happened last fall where these two guys were trying to get the same office. So I just got off Facebook. Um, and so I spent all my time on TikTok and Instagram now. And you can go to my website, mrjoebuckner.com, if you want to see my video and learn a little bit more about me. But those are my main spots. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, make sure yeah. to go follow Joe and, of course, follow Erica and I and the podcast. Leave a review. Tell us what you loved. Uh, go comment on some of Joe's posts. And remember, everyone, to stay curious. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.